Uh, do you want to start? Or would you like me to start? Um, I'll start. <laughs> As I take a 15-second pause to decide. I was Woo! like, is she frozen? And then I saw your eyes moving. I was like, no, she's just <laughs> Really, really, these are the big decisions in life. I have to take my time, okay? Hey, that's totally fine. <laughs> All right, welcome to the Hey You Got This podcast. I am your host, Stacia. And I'm your host, Lizzie. And these are conversations on wellness weirdness. And today, Stacia and I are super excited to talk to you about financial wellness. This was requested quite a ways back by one of our listeners, Kyla. So thank you, Kyla. And we are finally here and ready to chat about it. So I think it's going to be a really good topic. I think it's an important piece of the wellness puzzle. Yeah. I think that wellness obviously encompasses a lot more than just what you eat and how you move your body. So things like having financial wellness are really important. And I think it's something that often isn't talked about enough. And especially I feel like the landscape has changed so much for women who want to be financially and and So I feel like even more so as women, we have fewer resources available to us to help us on our financial wellness journey. So I decided to chat a little bit more about this. Again, I will say first and foremost, (laughs) I am not an expert in financial responsibility. I have definitely had my ups and downs on my own journey towards experiencing some level of financial freedom, but I have also taken different like invested in different resources to make myself a little bit more. So hopefully I have a few nuggets to contribute to the conversation. I know. I I also am not an expert. Dan works in finance. He has a finance degree. So maybe by, maybe by like sleeping next to him every night, I'm I'm just kidding. Um, But I I think, you know, Stacia and I kept being like, should we talk about this? We're not financial experts, but I think it is important to talk about just like we talked about sexual wellness and some other topics that are maybe not as widely discussed because I think we all need to get more comfortable having these conversations and also, you know, and I'm sure Stacia, you have really good thoughts on this too, but you know, for myself, I notice if my finances are like a hot mess, then everything else kind of follows, even though, you know, your self-worth and your net worth should not, you know, be the same. If I am not doing well financially, I notice that like mentally, emotionally, everything else kind of follows. Well, I remember that statistic that says like the number one reason most marriages fail is because of financial distress. Mm. And so it really is a, a huge factor in how we move around in this world and function and are happy because honestly, our well-being kind of does depend on it because with financial resources, we have more access to things and like make our lives less stressful. Yeah, totally. <laughs> and everything costs money, unfortunately. Like it's it's the world we live in. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are. Um, so Stasia, what is, when you hear like financial wellness or financial responsibility, what does that mean to you? That is a very good question. I don't think it necessarily requires an immense amount of wealth to have financial wellness. And I think that that's something that's important to realize. And especially like the messaging that is out there on social media and stuff is all these get rich quick type of schemes and people like, oh, make this much money as a coach. And oh, all you have to do is do this one simple thing and you'll be so wealthy. And so we have all this pressure to make a ton of money without realizing that the what is going to be best for us isn't going to be this like insane amount of wealth that we need in order to be content. And I think I remember 
when I took a online training course from John Goodman, this would have been almost four years ago now. And he always talks about your freedom number. And it was like, take down the essentials and blah, blah, blah. And what you would need to live comfortably and be able to do the things you'd want to do. And then work with that as opposed to like, no, I want to make $50,000 a month. And it's like, well, do you actually need to make that much? And again, it's not okay to have bigger goals. Right. But it's just like, if you start there and get to a place where you can be comfortable, then you can work and grow from there versus feeling like, like you're supporting a lifestyle that you can't necessarily keep up with. <laughs> That's such a good point. Yeah. And there are, I mean, I'm curious to listeners who aren't in like the online business space, what you guys' perspective is on this, because I do feel like Stacia in our space, we get so much advertising about like, if you just make this one video and set up the right sales funnels, you can make a hundred million dollars a day with Facebook ads running to <laughs> your like pay, you know, if there's so much crazy bad advice too. Yeah. And so I think for me, it just means being able to have a good grasp on your finances as well, because one of the things that I think I've been really guilty is like out of sight, out of mind, like, oh, if I don't look at my finances, then like, I don't have to acknowledge the fact that they're in disarray. So I'm just not be familiar with yeah. it. Whereas like, really, I do think it's important to get to know your financial situation, even if it is one that stresses you out, because pretending like it's not there isn't going to do anything to help alleviate that stress. So I remember in different classes that they recommended, like, no, you need to like sit down and look at your finances and get a good grasp on it. Even if it is, even if you have a ton of debt, and even if it is something that is stressful, like avoiding it is only going to add to the Tip number one, get to know your finances. One of the classes that I took recommended that like, they're like, just like anything else that you create a habit around every Sunday, I take 15, 30 minutes and I sit down and I go over like my finances from the previous week and just kind of set my intention for the next week and go from there. And I was like, wow, that's amazing. I'm totally going to do that. And then I never did it. But (laughs) (laughs) so this is what I say. I'm like, I still have a long ways to go and plenty to learn, but I did really like that tip. And if that's something that you feel like would work in your schedule, if you be more accountable to your finances. I think that that was something that I remember being like, huh, I like that. (laughs) I love that. Well, and I'm really impressed just as you're talking, it really does sound like, you know, I know that you said you're not a financial expert and we don't work in finance, which is an important disclaimer, but you have done a lot of education on your own and taking classes. And I think that's more than a lot of people have done. I think to your point, a lot of people are like, if I just don't look at it, it'll go away. Well, that was one of my favorite things about New York is that they have so many free things that they offer people. So I went to two different things that were for understanding my finances better, that were free courses put on by these different groups. And uh, they were actually incredibly helpful. And I was like, this is amazing. And I mean, in other cities, there are probably other great resources and there's plenty online. But I remember that that was really encouraging for me when I was living in New York. It's like, especially going in person, taking little notes. I even brought a friend with me one time. It was like, we made it a whole outing. So that was fun. Those cool. were the days. I know. That's, um, <laughs> it's so funny to think about that, but like, yeah. you could do that. <laughs> RIP world. Uh, but what does financial responsibility mean to you? Yeah. I mean, I think you and I have really similar perspectives on this. I think it's uncomfortable, but I agree that 
taking the time to understand your finances. Like I don't do it as like, I don't have a set time each week that I do it, but I always go in through my bank accounts and look at everything. And I feel like that's often where you find out, like actually just this morning I was like, oh, I still have a subscription to this random place. So, you know, I'll go through and do that. And then I think always starting with making sure that you have, you know, like three months or whatever of expenses saved up. That's been really helpful for me. And just feeling like I have always wanted to feel like I can spend money and be able to buy the things that I want and also be saving without feeling really stressed about it. And so just understanding finances, not taking on a lot of debt. I don't really have debt because I've chosen very specifically to build my life that way, which means that I don't have, you know, certain things or I haven't experienced certain things that maybe other people are going on. But I just, I think you and I came of age at a really weird time because we were graduating high school in like 2007 and 2008, which is when (laughs) there was a big recession happening. And so (laughs) it just kind of opened my eyes to the kind of life I wanted and didn't want it. And so for me, like, you know, and I'm not saying don't have any debt. I understand that people have debt, but like, if you're going to have debt, understand what it is and have a very clear plan for how you're going to pay it off that's reasonable. I think that's important, especially as we're seeing this year when people are getting laid off or income is really changing. And then financial wellness for me also has always been having multiple streams of income. So even when I worked at Amazon, I got my yoga certification and I was teaching yoga like once or twice a week just so I had that extra income coming in. But then it was also like a skill set that I could fall back on if I ever needed to. And so for me, it's always really felt like just having a lot of different places that you are getting money and a lot of different things that you are doing to protect or grow your wealth, saving really aggressively, paying off bills as quickly as possible. I read a book that I will link in the show notes that my business partner actually recommended to me, but it was really helpful for my perspective around money and income. And it's called Profit First. It's really popular on like the, you know, small business owner space, but just about like paying yourself first, how much you're pulling from all of your paychecks and where it should be going and just how you set up your lifestyle. And that's been really helpful for me. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. I want to check that out. That sounds good. Yeah. You'd like, <laughs> it's a really, I appreciated it because it's incredibly digestible. It's not a lot of finance jargon and it's, you know, it's good common sense stuff, but it's one of those things that you're like, oh, I really needed someone to tell me this or I wouldn't have immediately thought of it. I love that. I think that that was all very sound advice. And I think something that a lot of people struggle with is savings. So I remember going to this class and this per- the named some statistic about how I think it's, I don't even know, so I'm probably going to butcher it, but it was at least 40%. I feel like it was at least 60%, but we'll say 40% uh, percent of Americans don't at least $400 in liquid cash that they could spend in an emergency if they needed it. And I was like, $400? And I'm like, that is scary. And I mean, I that being said, like the way our world is going and the systems of capitalism and how just challenging it is to make a livable wage, I do by no means am like, oh, it's people's fault for being in debt or not having savings. Like it is, it's tough to get out of that system where if you're get, being paid minimum wage, it's very, very difficult to yep. <laughs> move past the creating a savings and having a nest egg. But one thing that helped me to go on 
was I opened up a higher yield savings account. But that being said, in the past year since I opened it, I keep getting emails that it's like, it started out at a 2% rate and now it's at 0.8. And they're like, just due to the current market. And I'm like, so essentially I'm getting nothing from giving you my money, but fantastic. But that being said, it is really nice to know that every month it takes out the exact same amount of money from my bank account and puts it into a savings and I don't have to think about it or it. And therefore, I have my little nest egg for if I were to need it. And that gives me a little bit more peace of mind. So if you have something that can like automatically withdraw, yeah. or if your like paycheck can be put, in, part of it goes to savings, the rest goes into your checking, however it works for you, having a way to automatically withdraw things into a account was helpful for me so that I don't feel like, oh, I have all this extra money, let's go spend it. What should like, I do If with it's it? in my yeah. bank account, I'm going to spend it more often. Often than not. So I, something I'm working on. <laughs> well, and I also think that's a big part of our just culture is like, oh, you have this money, you have to spend it versus, oh, I should save this and put it to good use, right? It's a weird part of our capitalist culture that I think gets really ingrained into us. Like, I mean, you see ads around like when people are getting their tax refunds that it's like tax sales, spend your tax refund on blah, blah, blah. We don't necessarily get ads on like spend your tax refund on your bank account. Put it in the savings. <laughs> yeah, it's just even if it's really uncomfortable, know your finances, understand what's happening, where your money is going. I mean, it's just like how we talk about, you know, taking stock of the food that you're eating and really understand like what's coming in and what's going out and like your exercise, right? Like this all plays into just our general wholeness and wellness as a people. And so I think just if you're starting out and you're like, I know I need to do something, I'm so overwhelmed a good place to start is just getting a feel for like where your spending is going and random things. Cause there's so many things that add up really quickly that you just don't think about. I know. And I feel like so many services have turned to subscription base, which is a blessing and a curse. Cause <laughs> and now all of a sudden I was like, Oh, it's just a few, like $10 here, $10 there. And all of a sudden all of your subscriptions add up to a lot of money. <laughs> I know. I know. It's pretty wild. So Lizzie, what would you say is some of the best financial advice you've been given or kind of the number one thing that you do that you feel like helps you feel like your financial wellness is more on track? Yeah, the best advice I've been given, and I think this is, it applies to everybody, but specifically women, I think needed a little bit more, um, is really know your worth and then add tax. So right? hard. We <laughs> always see that. It's like a really popular meme, like know your yep. worth and then add tax. But I think it's very easy as women for someone to tell us like, oh, well, this is how much, you know, I'll pay you for this job or this is how much, you know, your hourly worth is. And we accept that and then we dig ourselves into this hole, Right. And so I think really buckle down, just like you were saying, Stacia, like buckle down on like, how much do I actually, how much goes into my work, especially like small business owners. I think it's a little different because you're like, okay, I have this product, but really I know like all of this training and all of this time went into it. So I'm not just selling the product. You're also selling your expertise or whatever, but I think really know your worth and really get realistic about how much money you need to make to have like a reasonable, comfortable lifestyle and don't be afraid. Always negotiate always negotiate. Mm -hmm. Do not be afraid to ask for more money and like back it up with why, you know, don't go in being like to your first job interview. Hello, I'd like to make a hundred thousand dollars a year. If you're not like 
in an industry where that's a reasonable pay to start out. But I think know what you're worth and do not be afraid to ask for it and to always be shopping around with jobs and with other things. You know, there's so many things that you can negotiate, like even your medical bills, if you call your insurance, like you can negotiate the shit out of your medical bills. And I think there's so much stuff that I just didn't realize when I was really young. And I would be like, okay, cool. I'll pay that. And now I know that I can like advocate for yourself. Yeah, and- <laughs> that's the word I was looking for. I can advocate for myself. And so I think the biggest piece of advice I would give anybody is to advocate for yourself. And this is a muscle just like anything else. Like, you know, like if you're negotiating for a job, don't just go in being like, I'm going to negotiate this salary. Practice with your friends. Practice why you should be getting that salary. Um, Some of the best advice I ever got was like, have your friend ask you like all these really, really hard questions to be able to back up your salary and your job. And another piece of advice that she gave me, and this is my friend who teaches salary negotiation classes. So she's like good at what she does. I will link her again in the comments. But another piece of advice she gave me that I never would have thought of is Practice negotiating your salary or your pay or whatever it is, like even if it's just a product description, with one of your male friends or male peers. The point she made was as women were like, um, yeah, like, so I think you should, you know, pay me this and here's why and da-da. And we're like kind of apologizing for it and we like way over explain. Whereas a guy would be like, no, I need to make this much money. That's what this is worth. Like, this is the going rate, you know, or like they just go into negotiations in a totally different mindset. They'll ask for way more than women will. Like, we'll feel so bad being like, actually, you know, and guys will be like, no, I want $20,000 more than this. Obviously, guys, I'm making a sweeping generalization, but this is advice that my friend who works in finance gave me and it has really, really stuck with me. And, you know, she's just like, practice that shit. Yes. It's so funny because today at the gym, my sister was like, man, do you ever think what it would be like to walk through the world with the confidence and audacity of a straight white man? What must that be like? I know. (laughs) Just waking up every day and being like, fuck yeah, I'm worth it. I know. (laughs) I always think that like I love going on walks and it's been really hot. Like it was like a hundred degrees yesterday in Seattle, which is so insane for bananas excuse me it's so bananas for Seattle not insane and I was like oh I wish I could just go for a walk at night when it's cold but like that's when the murders happen (laughs) so I didn't and I was like if I was just a dude this would be so nice and you know Dan was like do you want me to come with you and I was like no I want to go on a walk by myself but I can't because of murder (laughs) (laughs) yeah fun times Uh, but I really do like that advice I think that that is so so important especially for our audience listening, that they should know their worth, add tax and negotiate different things. I remember too, with the class that I went, that she talked about negotiating your rent and that there's Mm. tips and tricks to be able to do that even. So like when there's a will, there's a way. And also you just have to become like my sister who literally her ability to get somebody on the phone and change their mind is so insane. (laughs) Also guys like, okay, so I'm really good at this too, not to toot my own horn, but lead with like don't be an asshole like if you are just nice to people and I'm not trying to be nice to people to like get what I want but I'm I think a lot of times people go in really hot like this bill is outrageous what the fuck and if you just are like hi Stacia how's your day going hey I had some questions people are so much more likely to help you out 
try to figure something out for you. Yeah, don't be afraid to get on the phone. People really underestimate how powerful that can be. That's a good tip. So I liked that one, but I do one of the one of my favorites because I think for me, especially as somebody who's trying to cut back on how much I consume in the sense of like spending and participating in a super materialistic <laughs> society, <laughs> that uh, one of the tips that I was given was to, and I mentioned this on our last episode, but to delete all the stored credit card information in your phone Mm -hmm. and don't let it stay saved because it becomes so much easier to just, even for like Uber Eats and these takeout apps and things like that, when you don't have your credit card information stored, you just have that extra second to ask yourself if it's something you really need or if it's more of an impulse thing. And also... It just gives you a reminder that like you are actually spending money because I think that's one of the biggest disconnects nowadays with credit cards and debit cards and Apple Pay and everything being so easy. Like it requires no effort to spend money. They've made it very, very easy for us. You're so right. And so I feel like when you have to take that extra step in order to make the purchase, it can honestly be a deterrent and make you really question like, okay, is this something I really need? And that can be something I think that makes a really big difference. And I've noticed in my experience that it's helped. I actually meant to text you last night because you saved me $50 for that reason. I was having problems with my (laughs) Fitbit and I was going to go buy a new one last night, but then the place was needed my card information and I didn't feel like getting up and getting it. And then this morning I woke up and my Fitbit has been dead for like days and it's working perfectly now. Oh my gosh. And I didn't buy a new one because I was just like, I don't want to get up out of bed and walk all the way to my purse. So guys, it's it's a really good tip and it sounds like such a small thing, but like that's $50 I saved. It really does work. I feel like it's going to, it won't always work. <laughs> no, not always. <laughs> I feel like it's with anything, especially in such an instant gratification culture that if we can make it have like some resistance, you're going to be less likely to do it. It's like crazy. Even in marketing there, I know that they say like, oh no, if you have two clicks versus one click to get them to where they need to go, that can even be a big enough deterrent for someone. And the difference, whether they purchase, whether they sign up, whether they whatever. And it's like a millisecond, but it's It's enough to deter people. (laughs) Well, I can speak to that as a marketing professional because I cannot tell you how many clients I've had who have like amazing products or amazing services and they're getting all this website traffic, you know, so like the people are there, but they're not buying and they can't figure it out. And I'm like, well, it takes three clicks. Like people have to go through three different steps to get. And whenever we shorten that, their sales always skyrocket. It's truly so bananas to me because you don't like, you know, your rational mind is like two extra clicks. Like, who cares? But it is when you're, especially when you're on a website and you can't find something or like the checkout process is confusing. How often do you just like leave your cart and go somewhere else? Or like at a store, if there's a long line back when we could like shop in like clothing stores or something, like I just won't buy whatever I wanted. Well, one thing that I'm really curious about your experience with, because I feel like one of my biggest struggles when it comes to my financial wellness is like feeling like the pressure that I need to budget. And I like, no matter how hard I try, I just can't get past the step of actually building a budget because I'm like, oh, I don't know like what goes where. And so I end up just not doing it. Is a budget part of your plan of financial wellness? 
Yeah, it is and it isn't. I also felt a lot of pressure to have a really, really strict budget. And that just was not something that worked super well for me being like, I'm only going to spend X amount. I'm only going to, you know, but what I was realizing for me and Stacia, I'm really curious to hear about this for you too, is something that I like, I don't spend a lot of money like online shopping or random things. But as somebody who loves wellness, my vice is like food. I spend a lot of money on food which I think is important. I think, you know, we know that food that's less expensive isn't always necessarily as good for us. But so I started pre-coronavirus um, buying food online. Like I will buy from a agriculture box, like a community-supported agriculture or CSA box, and then supplement with grocery delivery from other places because for me, it's it works really well with my schedule. And then I'm also able to be like, oh, this thing of blueberries. Like this weekend, I was at the grocery store. I put a thing of blueberries in my cart, and then I realized it cost $10. And I was like, I love bloobs. I don't love them $10 worth. <laughs> so I put it back. Yeah. But I think when you're in the grocery store and there's all these things, and it's like $3, $4, $7, it's easy to all of a sudden, like how many times have you spent like $250 on not that many groceries, you know? So that's been really helpful for me. And then I have, you know, the account that's, I have a few different accounts set up and I have an account that's like my spending money account. And I'll give myself a certain amount for each month that it's like, you can spend this on whatever, you know, like online shopping, fitness classes back in the day. Like, you know, those are the types of things that I would spend money on. And so that's been helpful for me. And then having monthly saving goals as well. But I try not to get, for me, it didn't work well to have really strict goals on different categories and a budget like that. That just didn't really work for my brain. But what about you? Okay, well, now maybe you just gave me some ideas of something that would work for me. Because I I get really overwhelmed because I'm like, okay, like, but where would, when I buy shampoo and conditioner, what category does that go into? And I'm just like, all this stuff that made me feel like I could not have a budget. And that being said, I feel like, I'm a pretty responsible spender. Like I'm not a super overindulgent living outside of my means type of person. Cause I don't know about you, but I remember in high school watching these horrifying documentaries of people getting into like hundreds of thousands of credit card debt oh, yeah. that like scared me out Same. of my mind. <laughs> yeah, there was oh, there was some house story. It was like a documentary series about these people who bought this crazy house and then they were like super in debt. And then couldn't like afford to finish the house. I remember that was really popular in high school. And I don't even remember what it was called now. But I remember that really freaked me out. Yeah. The one I saw or remember clearly was this girl in college that like had a shopping addiction and went and spent copious amounts of money racking up credit card debt. And honestly... I didn't have a credit card until I was 27 because I was so terrified. And I think for me, speaking on credit cards, one of the most important things ever, especially with a credit card, because I remember even our favorite, Maysoon, she was talking about how she was like, wait, I have to pay this back? And she like yes. got herself in a really precarious situation because she's like, woo, free money. I know. It's easy to do. Yeah. Credit cards can give you that illusion. And so for me, it was really important important when I got a credit card that I paid it off at the end of every month. And like, luckily I've been in a financial situation to be able to do that. But that was a really, really big goal of mine when I got a credit card was that 
I will not be paying interest on this credit card. I will be paying it off monthly so that uh, I can have that peace of mind of not going further into debt because interest starts to add up really, really quickly. And I think it's one of those other funny things like having a father who was like a serial entrepreneur and all this stuff. Like growing up, we didn't play normal kids games. We played cash flow, which was like teaching us how to create income for ourselves and then the other one, I can't remember what it was called. It might have just been called Rat Race, but it was all about escaping the rat race and having financial freedom. These were the board games we played. Oh my God, we <laughs> have the same dad. My dad was that way too. And I was always like, this is so dumb. And now I'm like, okay, I get it. Thank you. But yeah. it only took me 30 years to be like, yeah. Which oh, also that's so like, funny. that's a huge privilege that we had dads with who were financial financially literate and taught us that. But yeah, something that's been really helpful for me, like just kind of going off what you're saying is like, I will pay all of my bills like upfront. Like I, it's August 17th when we're recording this and I've already like sent off my rent for September. Like I just try to get all of that stuff out of the way and then all of my savings goals out of the way. And then whatever, you know, I give myself a chunk of change that's left over, but then that's like my budget for like, you were saying like shampoo and conditioner and groceries and different things. So I just know like you have this sum of money, you can do whatever, you know, sometimes I'll make like a bigger purchase and sometimes I'll like save a bunch of it, you know, but I I give myself that chunk for the whole month and that has worked really well for me. But I also think it's important just like everything we talk about to educate yourself. There's so many great free resources on financial literacy and financial wellness, educate yourself and you know, you might need to try a few different approaches. Like I tried the really intense budgeting process and that didn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that it's definitely like all things, different strokes for different folks. And I think that one of the things too, like I know, I can't think of what his name is. Dave Ramsey method, like Dave Ramsey and the Dave Ramsey method or whatever. If he's the guy that has you put all your money in cash in envelopes and like once it's gone, it's gone. And so I feel like there's depending on kind of what your situation is you're going to have different needs because like if you have a spending problem and you're living way outside of your means and things like this like having a stricter budget might be something that ends up helping you out in the long run whereas I feel like based on our conversation both you and I were pretty decent with just our day-to-day spending and not getting ourselves into a bad situation so we don't need to be quite as strict or like quite on top of it totally there is some there's I think there's a lot of really cool stuff about this on social media you know just like everything you can learn so much but something that I saw a couple years ago that I thought was really cool is like Give yourself a couple days a month and, you know, you can either plan out when they're going to be or just kind of do them, you know, as it comes. But give yourself no spend days, which is days that you don't spend anything. And it's, uh, you know, it's admittedly a lot easier to do now when we're all stuck at home. But I would do it when I would be at my office and it would be like, you know, everyone would go get coffee and I would be like, oh, it's, you know, my no spend day. So I'm not going to get it. And at the end of the day, I never fucking cared that I didn't spend any money, but it gets you in that headspace of just like, okay, for this 24 hours, I'm not going to spend any money. You know, obviously assuming that you have the means to be able to like not spend money on anything essential, but that was a practice that I started doing and I'll still try to do that is so helpful because you'll run into those things like, oh, I want to get this new Fitbit or whatever. And then it's like, 
oh, well, it's a no spend day. So maybe I'll wait till tomorrow. And usually by the next day, if there's something that I like was maybe going to buy, but I waited, I don't want to buy it anymore. Another thing that I completely forgot about, but I'm going to say it now that's really helped me is wish lists. So you know how on like most major retailers, you can make like a wish list of like things that you want. So I will go shopping, like online shopping, but I won't buy anything. I'll just add things to my wish list. Like Amazon has a great wish list feature and I'll let it sit there for a while. So I won't immediately purchase it and then I'll come back and check it. And if I still like super want it, I'll buy it. But more often than not, I'm like, why the fuck did I think I needed those workout leggings that are so ugly? And so then I'll remove them from my list. And then, you know, if there's something that's been on my list for a really long time and I have been saving up or whatever, then I'll buy it. But that has also been really helpful for just like curbing my spending is put something on a list where you can look at it and see it and check back in with it. And more often than not, I'll have all these things on my wish list and then I'll end up removing like at least 50% of them because I'm like, I don't need this anymore or I don't even like this anymore. Or this was like a super seasonal trend thing that now I have no desire to have. So that's been a really helpful habit for me also. That makes sense. And I also like the idea of the no spend days. It's so funny because I feel like before quarantine, it definitely was more challenging, but it is easier to not spend money because we're not out and about because If you pay attention, as somebody who works from home, if I would spend a day where I'm working from home, I go to the park, I come back. So like, I'll spend time outside, I'll go for a run, a walk, whatever, and I spend no money. And then I'm like, oh, now it's time to go into the city. And somehow I've spent $200 that day. And I'm like, how did this happen? Like, how did I do this? In what world? It's it's crazy. (laughs) I know when I first started working from home, I would be like, I'm working from home, but like, I'm cool and in the city. So I'm going to go to these coffee shops and these co-working space. And I would spend so much money because you're at the coffee shop and you're like, oh, I'm here. I need to like buy another thing because I've been using their Wi-Fi. And then you're like, I guess I should buy lunch because I didn't pack a lunch. Or you're paying for like the day rental fee at a co-working space and you're paying for parking in Seattle and it would just add up so much. And I was like, this is not productive. Like this is not frugal. Like I realized working from home, it's so nice to have the freedom to be able to go everywhere. But it was so much more, even if you're buying, you know, two coffees in Seattle, that can be like $15 real quick that you didn't need to spend. And so that was something for me too, that I was just like, this is not worth it. I'm going to stay home. And then, you know, I miss being around people, especially this year, but it, I save so much money. And I also, you know, you're just more productive. I'm more productive when I'm at home anyway. Yeah. I think that that was one of my biggest lessons is like, be prepared when you leave the house that like you don't just go out of control like even the other day when we went to go float the river somehow between like all the food we bought that day and gas I'm like cool I spent $150 today and I literally have nothing to show for myself except for that I ate some good food and had uh, made some good memories totally worth it but it's just it really does add up but I think you just brought up a really good point too of like whenever I'm doing like an activity or something with friends I I all of a sudden, you know, I I like want it to be a good experience. So I'm buying all these things that I wouldn't necessarily normally buy. And sometimes it's like, you don't need to go all out. You can just provide like your normal food. You know, I think my tendency is when I have people over for dinner, when I go meet up with friends to like buy all the things because I want us to have lots of options or to be special. But like, that's another way that you're blowing a lot of money really quickly. And if that's what you value and you're saving money other places, that's fine. But I've had to be just a little more thoughtful about that. 
So do you have any financial goals right now? Let's look towards the future as we wrap this up. Yeah, I have some products that I'm releasing that I've been mentioning on the podcast for a while. So I have, you know, sales goals for these journal guides that I'll be putting out and some other yoga type things in my marketing business. You know, we have goals for our clients, but I don't know. I feel like they're they're pretty personal, so I don't necessarily like share the numbers, but I have some like saving goals that I'm really set on. And um, actually my really big goal that I had had forever was to pay off my car. And I did that about two months ago. So I now fully own my car. Yeah, girl. Which was very, very exciting. And I, I mean, that was like my last really big financial goal. And I, you know, I, I saved really aggressively. And anytime I had any leftover money, I would put it towards that because especially once I saw where COVID was going. I was just like, I don't want to get in a situation like this where I'm worried about this. So paid off my car, my little Subaru Forester, my 2016 Subaru Forester. And that was a really good feeling. But how about you? That's awesome. But those are like great financial goals. And I totally understand, like, obviously don't share with us like the which is totally fine but although I will mention that I think it's funny I saw a meme the other day that was like you know the whole idea like ooh, don't talk about money we shouldn't talk about money it's like no talk about money because that's when you realize that your coworker that does the exact same job as you is getting paid x amount more yes. because they are either male or white or whatever else right and so I found that to be a really interesting point that like I do understand discretion and whatever else but that whole cultural like idea that money is like you don't talk about money or your finances but it's like sometimes we do need to talk about these things. Yeah no that's a good point and I also like you just brought up a good point too that I I think we can you know really dive into too like maybe in a future episode but just this idea of like you know I've had friends before who I've been like oh they're making such good money they're going on trips all the time you know or like they have really nice clothes and then we get talking and I'm like oh my god you're living paycheck to paycheck like I'm not going on these trips all the time but I have like stuff in the bank and I'm not stressed about this so I think yeah you're totally right Stacia I think it is important for us to talk about this because just because somebody looks like they're making a lot of money or looks like they're having like this really really abundant lifestyle does not mean that they have a lot of money in the bank or that they're making smart financial choices. Yeah, it could just be that their mother is financially backing all of their lifestyle choices. <laughs> I mean, not not to name it. I don't know anybody like that. But theoretically, if, if we knew somebody <laughs> like that, who somebody had dated. <laughs> yeah, and then they're just out there telling people how to live their lives as they are yeah. deeply, deeply in debt. It's fantastic. Anyways. Yeah, and I think like take everything with a grain of salt. And I mean, this is my advice for... I know, I know this is your advice for like fitness and everything. Like we very much both believe this, but like at the end of the day, it matters what your goals are and what you want. Like do not look at somebody else for inspiration, especially if that's not, I mean, you know, look for other people for inspiration, but don't like see how somebody else is living and take that as like Bible, right? You really need to feel out what you want and what your goals are and what life you want to live. Mm-hmm. Cause I do remember with my ex, he was always like talking about like that day when he gets the Ferrari and I'm like, why? I'm like, what is it about that that you just have to have? And I just like couldn't understand it. Like for me, I would rather spend $150,000, $250,000, whatever it is on a month long vacation for my entire family to have like the most amazing time of our life together, do something that you're going to make a memory. But again, everybody has different goals. Totally. I mean, I would like, never mind. <laughs> okay. <laughs> 
was going to take it a place that was going to sound judgmental. So I'm not going to do I got, that. I know. I got you. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, yeah, I think that this is something that is personal for everybody and it's for you to decide what being financially well looks like for you. But it was important for me just for us to open up this conversation, share some of the things that have worked for us, because uh, I think these are, this is what we need to be talking about, my friends. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have any financial goals that you want to share? Oh, yeah. Let's let's go there. For me, I am really, really grateful because I've gotten myself in positions where I've been able to stay out of debt pretty much my whole life. And so for me, awesome. I bought my car in cash. And I, yeah. when I graduated from college, I think it ended up taking me a few years to pay back my student loans because I only had student loans for my one semester in Italy. And then I was able to get grants and scholarships for the rest of my education. So again, another thing that was incredibly helpful that I only had $13,000 in student debt. So I was able to get that paid down pretty quickly. So for me, definitely one of my financial goals is to remain debt free. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I think that that's something that makes me have peace of mind where I don't feel like I'm like drowning and like it just... It just gives me more peace of mind. So that's always a goal of mine, as well as to save enough to buy a van that I can live in. <laughs> so you guys heard it first. I haven't said anything about this to anybody. I know. But... I was like, oh, she's, she's telling them. <laughs> yeah. So you heard it here first. Hopefully in the next few weeks, y'all are going to get to see pictures of the van that I get for myself. So I'm still on the hunt looking for one, but uh, that was a goal of mine to have the means to travel around in a van and uh, do some adventuring and exploring and live off the grid a little bit. Yeah. It just seems like what I need right now. So being able to have the financial planning and the financial security to be able to do that while also like, for example, I've set myself some goals for my current launch that I'm going through for my business and things like that. So I think it is within my business setting certain goals like that can be helpful. And so, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm right in the middle of a launch, so there's plenty of uh, goals happening there that I'm trying to reach and the van. So there we go. So exciting. Um, What are you reading right now, Stacia? I'm still reading the same damn book. I know, I'm reading the same (laughs) book too. So we're recording on Monday um, and the last time we recorded was on Friday, right? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. so I'm still reading Underground Railroad and Stacia is still reading uh, Women Who Run With Wolves, correct? Yep. And our August book club read, just in case you haven't heard yet, is 10% Happier by Dan Harris. So we are also reading that. Yes. I'm actually audio booking that one. I am too. <laughs> okay, nice. So we're listening to it. I love his voice. I mean, you can totally tell that he's like a newscaster, you know, in the news. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's just like so soothing to listen to. And Stacia, what's your yay for the day? My yay for the day is that, albeit it has caused me some stress, I do feel like I'm getting closer and closer to finding my forever puppy and giving that puppy a forever home. So if you subscribe to my newsletter, I think it was two weeks ago I mentioned this sweet little nugget named Kobe, who is up for adoption at the local shelter place here on Vashon. And Vashon Island Pet Protector. (laughs) They're pretty awesome. But I thought that because he got taken off the website that he was no longer available and then they actually reached out to me on Saturday and we were talking back and forth but there were some issues with having adequate fencing and so I'm still sort of waiting to hear but I'm 
sort of crossing my fingers because I really, really want this dog. He's very, very sweet. But He's so uh, cute. My yay for the day is that regardless of the outcome, I feel like each time I get closer and closer. And also on that note, when I, I had applied for a dog a few months back and never heard from Bashan Island Pet Protectors, but this time when I applied, I sent them an email, called them and left them a message and filled out an application. So, yes, you know, good. there are some things in life that you do kind of have to be that annoying person and don't feel like, oh, like apologize for bothering them. Like certain things require you to be aggressive. So I just, I'm happy that I'm getting more comfortable with the whole idea of an adoption of adopting a dog and the whole process and being a little bit more assertive and aggressive in getting the dog. So wish me luck, guys. <laughs> yeah, good luck, Stacia. And I really think like Stacia said, and we said earlier, like a phone call and following up goes a long way. I think, you know, never assume that I think I, I've done the thing before where I've sent an email and then I haven't heard back and I'm like, guess that's it. Keep following up, mm-hmm. guys. Email. I mean, don't harass people, but um, obviously, but don't be afraid to get on the phone. I feel like no one ever wants to do that these days, and it really does go a long way. Exactly. But I'd love to hear your yay for the day. Ooh, my yay for the day is this weekend I just floated in the lake, mm. in a little floaty. Mm. What lake? Uh, uh, lake Taps. Lake Taps. Uh, yeah, oh, I you guys I drove off. That. Yeah. Yeah, you guys so my, <laughs> my in-laws live there, um, and they had us over and we stayed at their house and floated the lake. And it was one of the first times, one of the only times aside from like camping with you and a handful of other things that actually felt like summer, you know, like this, this summer just really hasn't felt like summer. And I didn't really realize how much I needed it until I was in it. And, you know, I didn't really have my phone around. It was just really nice. The dogs played and it reminded me as we're talking about financial stuff, you know, that sometimes you just need to go outside to feel better. You don't need to buy something. You don't need to like do something sometimes you just need to like like I felt like a kid and it was a really good feeling so yay. That's my yay love it that's amazing yeah cool that's it Goodbye. <laughs> the end of the podcast thank you so much for listening we really hope that you are able to take some of these nuggets that we've shared here and decide how they work in your world of financial wellness and what it means to you it means the most to us that you are here listening sharing subscribing the reviews still to this day like get me every time I'm like we have 17 five star ratings hello I know we cry every time we read them <laughs> so thank you so much as always for your kind words and your support loving on us it's just the share best. with your friends yeah tell your friends about us and that's the end of the podcast do you want to say hey you got this <laughs> and remember hey you got this. Ah. <laughs> Even when you don't got it, you got it. <laughs>